Welcome to Jews Do Count with me, Jonathan Boyd, the Executive Director of the Institute for Jewish Policy Research. And me, Raymond Simonson, the CEO of JW3. John, it is really wonderful to be here recording It's great this to be you. here with you. It really is. Now, we have, of course, known each other for, what, 30-something years? I don't want to count, yeah. actually. Right. <laughs> well, well, we'll come on to counting in a bit, but, uh, you know, just, let's, we'll wait till we get there. Um, look, we've, we've known each other. We kind of grew up uh, very similarly in the Jewish youth movement sector, informal Jewish educators, always, really always worked in the heart of the Jewish community in different roles. And we have had conversations about the community, around the community, about things that, that bother us and things that excite us for years. So finally, we're committing it to a podcast. The thing I'm most excited about, Raymond, is that it's kind of, even though I think we've had very similar stories in terms of our involvement in the community, we come at this stuff from different perspectives. So, you know, at the Institute for Jewish Policy Research, my work is all about trying to understand the community through the perspective of data and analysis, whereas you're kind of much more grounded, you're on the cold face of what's going on. And actually, I think that's what, in a sense, what makes the, the conversation most interesting here. And then you had this uh, great idea of putting into this podcast, Jews Don't Count. And we think that anyone... Not, you, you've got to get the name right. No, that's it's not terrible. Jews Don't Count, it's Jews Do Count. Right. Okay, so that's a good one. Why, I'm going to keep saying it wrong, so tell us, tell us, it was not my idea for the title, yours. Why, why come up with the title Jews Do Count? Well, you know, your faux pas actually kind of says it. Like there's, there's been this mantra which based on David Baddiel's book called Jews Don't Count. And I, uh, part of my reaction to that was, well, hold on a minute. I spent my whole life counting Jews. Um, <laughs> so actually my, you know, I, I, I think Jews do count. And, and part of the reason why I kind of really wanted to have the conversation with you is because whilst I kind of count Jews empirically and that's, you know, that's the kind of work I'm involved in. You, your mantra has so often been Jew, Jewish life really counts. It really matters. Right. I love it. And it's, it's what JB3 is about, that kind of let's let's make sure not only do we count, but that we're visible, right? That we are, as I often say, out loud and proud, that we dial the volume up and that people can feel proud about being Jewish and particularly younger generations you know, don't have to hide away their Jewishness. So that whole thing of, yeah, we do count is really important to, to me. It's important to you. And actually, hopefully anyone listening now, you know, if, if anyone who cares about the state of Jews in Britain today, then this is the podcast series for you. Because over the course of the coming episodes, you and I are going to be taking a look under the bonnet of community life. Find out a bit about what British Jewish identity is today, what matters most to British Jews, what binds us together, what separates members of our community. And really our, our, our jumping off point is this fantastic survey that you and your colleagues have been doing. And actually the timing for all of this is deliberate because we have literally just launched what is the biggest survey of British Jewish identity for 10 years. It's uh, 5,000 people took part in the survey. It's a really comprehensive look at different aspects of Jewish identity. Part of the goal here, I think, is to use the data and use your experience on the ground to look at what's going on and assess how Jewish identity has changed over the course of the last 10 years, what the trajectories are, what we're seeing happening. And the other thing I, I guess I would add is that, you know, part of the reason I was very keen to do this is because a whole piece of JP PR's mission is to generate data to support community planning. So we want the data to be out there for Jewish community professionals, for voluntary leaders to utilise it to help them think 
more carefully, more strategically about how they serve the Jewish community. So this isn't just an academic exercise producing data and research for the sake of another hefty report. The idea of this is to get community philanthropists, CEOs, trustees, head teachers, anyone who's really involved with leading British Jewish community life to look at the data and to help us make decisions based on what the data tells us, right? Exactly. The, the data need to live and breathe. So you had this great idea of let's take some of the key issues that come out of the survey and turn them into conversations that we have, but we also we have with some some friends and guests of ours. Um, and look, in, in the spirit of, you know, full disclosure, we started planning this and even started recording some of the episodes before October the 7th, uh, 2023. Um, but the conversations, the episode we had about Israel, the episode we had about anti-Semitism, when we listened back to them a few weeks ago they just well they were just completely different now right yeah i mean the the world has changed around us and i think jewish identity in some respects has changed as well whether the changes that we're seeing happening now are long term or just a kind of an immediate reaction to the the stresses and strains of what's going on right now uh, remain to be seen but um but yeah the uh the conversation shifted right the events of I mean, the, the heinous terrorist attacks on October the 7th, the uh, largest massacre of Jews since the Holocaust, and the, the war between Israel and Hamas ever since then, all of that has cast a huge shadow over all aspects of Jewish life. And so, of course, we are trying to look at community life that's not just with the pause button pressed on October the 7th. We have to acknowledge it, but also we're trying to take a slightly longer view. Yeah. I mean, in many respects, one of the things we can see in, in, in the research is that Jewish identity is actually pretty stable in, in, a lot of, in a lot of regards. And actually, maybe the best way to start the conversation would be just to hear from Jews out there on the streets, you know, doing their Shabbat shopping or pre-Shabbat shopping, what they say about their Jewish identity. So maybe let's start there. I do go to synagogue, you know, I keep Shabbat, but not as, always as part of a community. I keep Shabbat for myself and for our family, the same with keeping kashrut. And that's an important part, personally for me, of like my Jewish identity. A combination of practice and praxis, as it were. At the heart of everything, for now, for the future, for eternity, is your Judaism. That's how I feel about it. You're very grateful to Britain for all the good years you've had here. Religious practice, for sure. Community, family, and the freedom to do what we want to do. It's more cultural for us, with a bit of religion chucked in for good measure. We definitely got our own flavour. We're both. We're, both, we're British and we're Jewish. And I, I put them both equal, really. They're equally important to me. Today, I think that you know that the Jews have had a, a good life here, an opportunity, and relative safety. I think there's also something unique about the identity of a British Jew as opposed to an Israeli Jew and an American Jew. Um, and then even within that, you've got your Northwest London Jews and your Manchester Jews. So, I mean, we've had conversations since everything kicked off in October about, oh, should we make Aliyah? And then, you know, one of my many questions about that is, how would we fit in culturally? from the fact that we can't speak the lingo, how would we fit in culturally in Israel as British Jews? You know, there's something very distinct about the Jews in each country. Loving God and fearing God and uh, loving each and every Jew. I think we have a beautiful community and I think people shouldn't be scared to be Jewish. Be proud to be Jewish. So what it is for me to be a British Jew 
is kind of more a cultural thing than like a practical thing. So it's about kind of my family, history, where I grew up, who I grew up with. It's kind of nothing that's, it's kind of quite ethereal conceptually. It's nothing you can kind of touch or put your finger on, but it's something that you f have a feeling towards and it's steeped with kind of a feeling of time and history. And that's kind of what it feels to me. Religiously speaking, I'm probably more of an atheist than anything else, but culturally I'm, you know, 100% Jewish, so. We actually, we made Aliyah, so we're also Israeli citizens. Um, but for me, still being in the UK, it's feeling safe in the UK. Um, which I don't feel at the moment. I think I feel safer in Israel. There is a worry at the moment that being a British Jew isn't... I don't feel comfortable at the moment being a British Jew. What is important to me being a British Jewish person would be supporting the Jewish community and what's going on in Israel and standing up for our rights. So, no, I'm very happy. Oh, I, I mean, I loved hearing those. I loved hearing just even... You know, even the different accents, uh, the, the different views, the, people use the term Jewish community as if we are one thing, right? And and even if even if all of those were recorded outside the one, you know, kosher bakery on a Friday morning in one place, what you heard was a real insight into different voices and different types of Jews. Yeah, and I think that's one of the fascinating things about Jewish identity. It's it's complex, it's varied, it's diverse. You know, like we heard people talking about God and religiosity. We heard people talking about comfort and security. We heard people talking about culture. We heard people talking about it's got to be meaningful to them, about their family, about, you know, this. I love that there was one, one comment about, um, you know, it's, it's at the heart of it, it's about it's about the here and now, the future, and all eternity. That that sense of kind of that Jewishness is 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 on this kind of unbe unbelievably long kind of temporal trajectory. It's like it's it's you know there's this distant past and there's this distant future, and we're we're part of that chain. So yeah, I mean it's all it, it's all there. There's a, there's a, there's a there's a lot of complexity there. And actually, what what I was thinking and why I was smiling when I was listening to those is you know I'm I'm here at JW3 every day. You know, we're the largest Jewish community center of its kind. Uh, well, the only Jewish community center of its kind in the UK and the largest um, JCC here. And uh, we hear a multitude of voices come through our doors. We often refer to ourselves as the home for Jewish culture and conversation. And every day I hear these snippets, uh, almost word for word, things that I've heard here. Um, and whilst one Jew says, well, you know, Shabbat and Kashrut are most important for me, and someone else describes themselves as an atheist for whom the religion isn't important, whilst they're queuing up to buy their kosher challah on a Friday morning for Shabbat. And I love that. that it's a real reflection of what British Jewish identity is today. No, absolutely. So in, our, in the work that we try and do on it, we need to construct surveys that, that allow us to capture all of that, right? all the different dimensions of, of, of Jewishness. So what we're kind of launching is this big study of Jewish identity that looks at all these different dimensions. It's the largest study of Jewish identity that we've ever done in this country. There are about 5,000 people that participated in it. Wait, all queuing up outside the kosher bakery on the Friday and you just ask them all? or Yeah, we just walk around <laughs> with, with, you know, with, our, with our recording devices. No, it's like it was con conducted online, um, you know, lots of people from very different um different religious um backgrounds men women different age bands different parts of the country someone mentioned kind of the distinctions possibly between jews from manchester and jews from northwest london etc so all of that is in there um jews from different denominations you know there are 
completely secular Jews, there are Haredi Jews in this study. So we're really trying to look at the diversity of it and look at it in an empirical way because, you know, it's, it's all very well to kind of hear a handful of voices and, and there's a great richness actually in what they're saying. But if we really want to understand what's happening across the community as a whole, then we need to do these kind of large-scale surveys. We need lots of people to participate in them. And that's very much kind of what we what we uh, do at the Institute for Jewish Policy Research. And then, you know, analyse the data to try and get a sense of what's going on and how is how is Jewish identity expressed what are the commonalities? What are the differences? How has it changed? What are the trajectories in terms of where we're going? And all of that is is within this study. And I'm really excited to read the study. And I know from our conversations that there are certain themes that came out, you know, more than any others. And we've chosen those themes really to explore over our podcast series together and the conversations we're going to have each one's going to be on a different one of these big themes and we're going to kind of take a little leap into a bit of the unknown that I know you and I are slightly nervous about in that we told uh, our producer Richard what those themes were and he wants to play some kind of little game do some kind of little thought exercise with us now so we're going to hand over to Richard to see what's going on. Thank you Raymond so here what I have in my hand are two sets of cards uh, one with a J on it for you, John. Thank you so much. And one with an R, Raymond, for you. Now, what they've got is a description on each card. They're not in any order. And these correspond basically to um, the episodes that we've done. Now, what, what I want you to do, please, is to put them in an order of importance to yourselves. So how you um, and you can read out those those categories or maybe I'll just I'll read them out very quickly. So we've got peoplehood. Values, Israel, anti-Semitism, and religiosity. So, can you put those in from the your most important at the top to the one that you feel least well describes what is important to you in terms of your Jewish identity? Um, take your time over it. So, which one plays a bigger part in my my actual Jewish identity? Yes. Okay. Thanks for this, oh, Richard. Have to yeah. Be honest. Really appreciate it. Okay. Yeah. Nothing like being put um, on the spot on this yeah. stuff. Yes. Right. Yes. <laughs> and then, what do we have to do once we've done that? Once Not that done, I've done it yet, but... Once you've done that, uh, I would like you to, with each other, compare your results. And um, I'm curious to see how you both respond to each other with what you have put down. Okay. Okay. I'm, I'm done until I change my mind 18 more times. Do you want to go first, Raymond? Um, not really, but I will do. <laughs> um, so that I put I put peoplehood at the top. I'm... I. I guess I have often described myself as a peoplehood Jew. Look, it's a term that not everyone uses, but I mean it in the context of being part of a global Jewish family, a global Jewish people. And for me, that's always been so central to who I am personally and professionally. Okay. Um, so I'm going to rail against the whole activity, to be honest, because <laughs> uh, the, the idea of, of, of saying anyone is more important or central to who I am, it, I, I find uh, distasteful, frankly, Richard. <laughs> and, um, so I'm going to be that annoying kid in the class who just oh, refuses yeah. to, to, to participate in the activity. Um, but I, I'm going to say I am going to say one thing. The, 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 the one for me that, that stands apart is anti-Semitism. And not, not because it's at the top, but because actually it is at the bottom or separate. And the reason why I say that is that anti-Semitism is all about how they out there 
shape who we are internally, as opposed to peoplehood, Israel, values and religiosity, which is all about the internal and how we understand our own identity. So I'm always very wary of uh, Jewish identities that are grounded in or based in anti-Semitism or, you know, what they out there think of us that is unpleasant and hostile. So interestingly, I mean, I absolutely agree. And anti-Semitism was at, was at the bottom of my uh, my list. And being a sad geek, of course, I did put it in order when I was thinking, how can I separate these? Uh, and I should have uh, stood up like you did. But I think similarly, and I think when we come on to our episode on anti-Semitism, it's going to be a really interesting conversation you and I are going to have about that, because especially right now, we see uh, the huge rising num numbers of reported incidents of anti-Semitism. And in the conversations I have with all sorts of people at JW3, anti-Semitism is a huge theme. But like you, it concerns me if someone bases their entire Jewish identity on anti-Semitism. So we're going to come on to that in that episode. I, what I will say about the other about the other four is that when I think about which things are most important to me, it, they're all important. And actually, I kind of think that in order to be a, a serious Jew, you have to engage in some way, shape or form with all of these aspects of Jewishness, right? You can completely reject religiosity. You can have no relationship whatsoever with Israel. But you have to understand that these are aspects of your Jewishness and therefore there's no choice really but to engage in them. So when I think about all of them, I think each of them touches my sense of Jewishness at different times and with different degrees of strength or weakness, depending on what's going on. So, you know, right now, like in the in a kind of immediate post-October the 7th world, Israel obviously kind of features very strongly for me. If I'm sitting in shul on Yom Kippur, then the religious aspects of Judaism are very much kind of front and centre. Uh, absolutely. And I think part of what it what it means to be a a living, breathing, three dimensional Jew uh, in Britain these days is is how you kind of keep all these things in tension and in balance. And how do you not let one of these become so extreme that it warps your identity in a way that just doesn't feel, I guess, from what you're saying, from what I'm saying, to be in balance as a strong, proud British Jew. And I agree with you. I think you can you can have very different views on any of these things. I think, you know, Israel is obviously the fascinating one. I, I, I'd slightly word what I think differently to what you said, because I think absolutely you have to have a relationship with Israel. What that relationship is, whether it's positive or negative, whether you are rejecting the notion of Zionism, but it's part of your conversation, part of your thought, I would still rather that than someone who is meh, who just doesn't think about it, you know, whatsoever. Look, for me, I did put it in order because, you know, I'm a, I'm a good boy and I play the rules of the game and uh, who's going to argue with producer Richard? That's for sure. Cut off my mic. But um... one, of, one of the <laughs> principles of Jewishness is to, is to rail against these sorts of ridiculous activities <laughs> yeah. and, to, and, to, and to do things in a different way. That's, right. you know... Right, you were never thrown out are. of your youth movement, were you, for that, right? No, good. <laughs> no but I was an irritant for <laughs> many years. Yeah, right, right. Um, uh, and I'm a suck-up. What can I say? Um, after peoplehood, I put values second. And again, this is very hard for me to to separate them but values because you know again it's something that i i it doesn't matter at which point you could ask me that question on it on almost any day of the week at any point in my kind of adult jewish life and the values aspect of being jewish will always rank very very highly for me it's never gonna sort of move from there and how how i interpret jewish values and how you interpret the same values might be different um 
and how we interpret them differently might be based on other aspects here, like religiosity, etc. But I think living a life where you're not engaging with Jewish values, I don't see how you can have a strong Jewish identity. Yeah, it's, it's interesting you say that because one of the interesting things I think that comes out of this uh, out of this research is when we look at what are the what are the commonalities across Jews when you look at it by generation or when you look at it by denomination. This idea of Judaism as as having a moral code as having a kind of ethical imperative is shared. Now, of course, as you said, different types of Jews will define exactly what that moral ethical code means and what it means they should do and how they should behave. I think of my late father, Lava Shalom, who was absolutely atheist, but Jewish values were such a core part of his life and he never, he would never have used the term Jewish values. They were imbued in us and they were absolutely unquestionably Jewish values. And I think someone who is that atheist, that secular, to have a strong Jewish values as friends of mine who are kosher-keeping, Shabbat-keeping, observant Jews. And I can find the point of the Venn diagram where they totally cross over with with how my late father lived his life. And that's the values part of being Jewish. Yeah, and, and that obviously kind of overlaps with the with the religiosity piece. So when I when I look at the data and think about what, what are we seeing in terms of religiosity, it's really striking that a, a much higher proportion of British Jews belong to a synagogue than believe in God. It's entirely conceivable and possible to be an atheist Jew, which which is kind of a difficult concept, I think, sometimes for, for non-Jews to understand when they kind of see Jewishness as a, as a re- purely religious category. And that, I think, also speaks to something about the nature of Jewishness and how people understand it and express it. Being in synagogue, being in my community, doing that thing that millions of Jews around the world are doing in slightly different ways, with slightly different tunes and slightly different orders of service. That is so important to who I am as a Jew, regardless of the question of, do I believe or not believe? Right. And that that speaks to the theme you brought up earlier about peoplehood. And it's interesting to see what, what are those, what are those commonalities? What are the dimensions of Jewishness that we share? And what are the dimensions of Jewishness that we really, really don't? Um, one of the more, th- more interesting components I think that we, we'll look at, uh, and it, it goes, I guess, to my earlier point about anti-Semitism, is that commemorating the Holocaust and combating anti-Semitism are two aspects of Jewishness that we all really share. They have become more important to British Jews over the course of the last decade. So there's a question, I think, about does one build our sense of collectivity and our peoplehood on the basis of that? Or do we build our Jewishness on the basis of more of the internal aspects of Jewishness, on values, on community, on on ritual? And I think... One of the themes that seems to come out every time you and I sit and talk about this stuff, and I'm sure it will come out during this series, is can we still find enough points of of commonality that there is such a thing as us or we, right, of Jewish community life? And there are times where we f- it feels so fractured. Um, I've always got that my badge on on my jacket, the uh, two Jews, three opinions, one JW3. Like, it's a real driver for me. But actually, I'm hoping that throughout the course of this podcast series, whilst we look at differences, we're going to find points that come out of the research and from when we talk to our guests that we're bringing in, those points of commonality. You know, as you said earlier, we we started this this little exercise together before October the 7th, and now we live in a post-October the 7th world. And the whole question about, about Israel and how Israel plays into our Jewish identity or plays a part of our Jewish identity plays a part in our Jewish identity has has I think shifted as a result of that we'll we'll look at some of that we'll look at some of those those issues I mean one of the things we could see happening pre-October
October the 7th that I think comes out from the research is that, first of all, there's, there's a generational divide in how important Israel is in people's Jewish identity. Um, but I think we can also see there's also, I think, an interesting conversation or, or issue going on around, the, around Zionism and how people see themselves or not as Zionists. There's been a shift, I think, that's happened around that conversation. And Israel, I think, as we've seen um, like on October the 7th and since, y- you can't avoid the Israel component of Jewishness. And there's a really interesting thing, uh, sort of phenomenon that, that, that I've observed, that I've heard people talking about, which is you've got high-profile Jews in the community that never really engaged publicly with Israel stuff before and who have done much more publicly since October the 7th. And then you've got many others that are avoiding commenting. Yeah, no, absolutely. We should probably draw it to a close for this week because there's, you know, we're, we're going to go into all of these issues over the course of the next uh, next six weeks, right? So next week, we're going to jump in on the issue of, of Jewish values and ethics and morality. And we've got a, a, a brilliant guest joining us, actually, Rabbi David Mason, who is a former modern Orthodox community rabbi, but is now very much working in the realm of uh, refugees and asylum seekers. So he's got, a, I think, a really interesting perspective on that. And and this this idea of rather than it just being you and I talking to each other, bringing in different voices every single episode, the thing they all have in common, like us, is we're at the coalface of British Jewish life, right? They're all involved. So just tell us a little bit more. Um, we won't we won't say who they are, but just a little bit about, about the, the the guests we got coming up. What what can we expect? Say so, I've already said uh, Rabbi David Mason. So yeah. you know, no no That's surprises right. for guessing that week. one. That's, That's okay. next week. Yeah. So we've got a veteran Holocaust educator. We have a community leader who's working to train the modern Orthodox Jewish educators and teachers of the future. We've got a former community professional who worked with young people for many years in the field of Israel education and has really thought very deeply about that issue and our relationship with Israel. And we have one of the world's leading Jewish educators involved in work to build and strengthen the ties that bind Jews together across their denominational and geographical differences. So picking up on that peoplehood theme. So I think we're in for some really interesting conversations over the next few weeks. And the primary goal, of course, is is really to to have these conversations in in an open and hopefully engaging and interesting way. What I really hope and I know you hope the same as well, is that anyone listening is going to subscribe, to uh, download this podcast or listen to it. You can get them from wherever you get your podcast, be that Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get them from. Obviously, it will always help to leave a review, five stars naturally. Um, that will help us. But also spread, spread the word, right? Share this link with your family and your friends because what we really want is to get a conversation started. So I guess all that remains for us to say uh, for this episode is goodbye from me, Raymond Simonson. And from me, Jonathan Boyd. Uh, this podcast is brought to you by JPR and JW three the producer is richard myron thanks to him from earshot strategies bye for now